sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. Welcome back to Topanga Moon Podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here today. And just every single time, I'm so excited for you to join me. This is your destination for all things cosmic. Cosmic curiosities, talking about the universe, energy, the moon, the desert, all of the good things. So welcome to this amazing space. How's everyone doing? How are you feeling? How are you navigating the energy right now? The eclipse season, the Taurus season, inching our way into summer, my favorite season, of course. Um, (laughs) And we have a new moon coming up. This weekend, I will have a new moon and Taurus meditation for you out this Friday. So you can come back to the podcast and yeah, use this meditation. The meditations have been super popular and people are loving them and I'm loving them and I love creating them. This one is definitely inspired by a place that I traveled to. I will just let you wait and see (laughs) where we go this time. I am so excited about today's podcast guest and the whole theme around today's podcast interview It is a topic that I love. I've talked about it before, being a generator and human design. It is something that I can't get enough of. I love to talk about. We dive into so many incredible, incredible topics today, and we really go for it. I have Rachel of Pure Generators on today's podcast, and she created the most incredible resource and website called Pure Generators, and it's all about new paradigm tools. So she has things like profile guides that you can purchase. She does soul purpose readings. She has manifestation guides. Even her blog is full of so much amazing, juicy, cosmic information for you to understand your generator and manifesting generator experience. Um, It's such a cool, it's such a cool place. I've been loving her website, her Instagram for quite some time, and I'm just really grateful and honored that she came on the podcast today and then we had this deep dive cosmic chat to talk about things that we love. So it is such a just amazing conversation and you can imagine (laughs) the sparkly just conversation between two sacral generators who love talking about this topic so much. So it truly feels like two friends having a quantum chat about energy types over some green drinks. Yes, we had some green drinks going on (laughs) in a cafe. Um, It's just so much fun to tune into. And 
I share some personal experience of how I've been recently navigating just like new directions in my life and how I've been using my understanding of generator and using that as a lens to ask more questions and to really navigate my experience uh, in a deeper way. And Rachel is just so incredible in sharing this knowledge and she goes very specific and nuanced and gives us insights and practical tools to implement in the way that we operate as generators, manifesting generators, just energy beings. And we also get very cosmic (laughs) talking about new paradigm shifts, living out our north nodes and south nodes and what the heck are environments in human design and the ways that us sacral beings can manifest in this Aquarian age. So I hope you love and get inspired as I did with Rachel's story and also how she used her knowledge of being a generator to build a business that she loves. So you can find all the links to Rachel's offerings in the show notes. I suggest grabbing a yumming drink right now, lighting some cedarwood incense or whatever candles or anything to make this a gorgeous, amazing experience and tuning in to this glittery generator chat. I have Rachel of Pure Generators here with me on Topanga Moon podcast, and we're going to talk about all things being a generator human design, the quantum world, new paradigms. I'm just so excited to have you and your knowledge and your expertise and to just hear everything from another generator. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I always feel like generator on generator podcasts or interviews are always the best because we just get this sparkly <laughs> energy cloud. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I've been trying to like ground myself. I have some cucumber juice that I'm just drinking because usually I'll be drinking a coffee which it mm-hmm. looks like you're drinking coffee right well, now. Well, I actually have some matcha, so not okay, too okay. much so pretty grounding green. green. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have some green drinks happening. Because um, I was like, I've been so excited to have someone on the podcast and to get to know you a little bit more because I've been following your journey and all the things that you're creating. And it's been so inspiring. And also this feeling of like, wow, somebody gets me. Like somebody understands what it's like to be a generator. So I want to start from the beginning, a little bit about your upbringing and just anything that you want to share about your trajectory, your journey, and how that all led to this kind of the birthing of this beautiful creation that is also just so unique and there's really no roadmap to. So I want to touch on that as well. So yeah. Yeah. I, I guess looking back, a lot of this stuff made a lot more sense than looking forward. I actually grew up in a house of all generators. Like there are four of us. We're all generators. I think statistically that's actually kind of odd. And I, I think because of that, I had a pretty traditional path in mind in terms of education and career. And so I really followed that path. And then I guess, you know, we get these unconscious ideas of what we're going to do in the world. And I think I really felt like, okay, I need to get 
this really solid foundation. This is probably mm. my one line profile coming through. Like I, I just felt, I don't really care that much what I do for work. As long as it's like solid, I can find work. It also had to do with the time. It was a yeah. kind of a difficult time period after the crash in 2008 and all of that. So that was, those were my thoughts. And without knowing it, without knowing I was a generator, without knowing anything about any of this stuff that I'm interested in right now, because I really wasn't interested in, and I didn't grow up in like interested in astrology or tarot. I like, I just, those things weren't part of my life. I guess I just decided, okay, I, I kind of, I know I'm creative, but I'm not really going to worry about that until I get this foundation set up. So mm, I did that so one line just coming through <laughs> yeah. I feel very that. much like I kind of yeah. knew that it wasn't my long-term game, but it was just what I needed to do in the short term. So I became a project manager in the translation field, like translating languages for, I wasn't, I was just managing the translation of languages for companies like Netflix and Google and all these big companies. Um, it was very uncreative, but I think on another level, I also knew I can deal if it's something that is satisfying on a certain level. Mm. And it was, there was that kind of daily satisfaction of like completing the tasks is very rhythmic. And yeah, I just, I liked it enough. And I went along with that until basically I, I kept kind of like expanding, getting promotions. And eventually I ended up as a manager of people, which was not satisfying for me at all. I mean, there were certain things that were, but I, I didn't really realize that the reason that I was still there after five years or in this career for seven years was because the freedom of just getting these tasks done and the satisfaction and the, mm -hmm. the creation of organizational systems and spreadsheets and data. And that was actually what was satisfying for me, not actually managing people. Yeah. So as soon as I became a people manager within like a few months, I was like, my soul is dying. And within six months I was out of there. So that was how that happened. I had no plan. I actually didn't even know about human design when that happened wow. and I had made my Oracle deck that I sell and that was my online presence, but it was very small. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just need to take a few months off and recover and figure out the next step. And within a few weeks, all these people started mentioning human design to me and I was like, okay. And then I looked at it and I immediately resonated with just the generator experience, because even though I didn't really know that much about human design, as soon as I read that, I was like, I can start sharing something about this. I can start mm -hmm. writing about it. And I was just really interested in it. And I think that's kind of how one, three profiles learn is we learn by doing. <laughs> so I learned by teaching it to other people in a way, like by writing about it and that was the beginning of pure generators. And then from there, I kind of realized like, well, I need to make some money. So I guess this is becoming a business and I'm just going to try to figure out how to do that in a way that allows me to continue to do the things that I'm interested in and that I really love and that are valuable to other people too. So yeah, it's just kind of been a steady building of that. It's very generator. It's been almost like exactly three years this week since I left that job. And wow. I feel like I'm just getting started. And I think that's yeah. for generators that can feel slow sometimes, the things mm. that we do. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yep. there's definitely moments where I look at it and I'm like, wow, you know, I thought I'd be further along in certain ways, but then I look at it and I'm like, well, but I'm just getting started. So <laughs> Totally. And I think it's so interesting as you were talking about 
needing that foundation. And the idea of the generator of being satisfied because in a way there's this feeling inside that we need to accomplish tasks all day. And Mm -hmm. even if it's not something, and I think that's our programming from this old paradigm of being is that even if it's like not necessarily fully aligned with us, there is this weird satisfaction at the end of the day saying, oh, people said that I worked really hard. Mm -hmm. And that's the cultural, um, just programming that's being put on us. And I totally can relate to that because I used to work in the medical field. I worked in the ER. And even though that job was like essentially very draining to me because it wasn't aligned with like where I was headed, there was this satisfaction that like, oh, I worked really hard and I got acknowledged for that. So I think that's Mm -hmm. such an interesting piece. And I feel like generators can really get lost in that. I mean, they're known as like the worker bees of the world and, and really, I think we're entering into this like very exciting new paradigm of that not working anymore. And I think it's just really incredible when we start to understand. And that's why human design has given me a language for everything that I've been experiencing because, you know, even in the past couple of weeks, I've found that I've been given projects and then they're taken away and given projects and then they're taken away. And it's like, what really is not for you. And that's not like a full hell yes from your sacral. It's like, it's like easier to be pulled away in this moment and to not feel like a victim in that, but to recognize it and be like, oh, wow, this is like showing me something. So I think it's really cool that you found your your zone of, of genius and your excitement kind of like through your one, three profile, which is like your trial and error for your three and all of your research, and then just sharing something that you're excited about. And then it unfolded for you. So with that experience, I would love to hear a little bit more about kind of that spark and, and the knowing, and I think this goes back to the being a sacral generator, knowing the yeses, because sometimes they can come in so subtly and because of all this programming, it, it can get really, I find that it may be the simplest thing to understand for a generator, but the most difficult to implement at times because our mind comes in and was like, well, I need to make money and I need to like, you know, do the practical stuff. So when it came to creating uh, pure generators and, and building that foundation and continuously growing with that um, expression, how did you really navigate those energetic yeses and nos? Yeah, Sorry, that was a lot there. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. Very good question. And it's funny because you would think that I would get sick of talking about the sacral response, but I literally never do. And yeah. the people who are following my work never do either because yeah. it's so there's so many layers to it and it, your understanding of it changes so much as you go deeper into experimenting with it. And with that as well, I still feel like I'm at the beginning stages of fully understanding that sometimes too, because even though I, I implement it pretty well in my life, most of the time with the big things, there's still just, it just takes a while to unwind those Mm -hmm. pathways in your brain, I would say. And yeah, I feel that there's, 
there's some misleading info out there about how we experience these responses as well. There's sort of that line of like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And it's like, well, okay, sometimes maybe, but that's not always how it shows up in life. And I think people get hung up on feeling like, am I doing it right? Am I following my responses right? Like, am I failing at doing that? And I've felt that way at points too. And honestly, with most of the things, especially for generators, I would say for manifesting generators, it's similar. It kind of presents itself a little bit differently. But for us, if something's really meant for you, it's going to be very hard to fully get away from it unless you're kind of actively doing that. Like if, if you're ever unsure, cause the people often feel like, Oh, but like, am I totally sure? I'm like, if you're not sure, just like leave it for a while. It'll come back. Like it'll definitely yes. come okay. back. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I was even having a conversation with someone who was going to buy something from me the other day and they were kind of worried about it. And I was like, honestly, like, don't worry about it. Like just, if you're not sure right now, just don't worry it'll come back. And yeah, it's just so different from the way we've been programmed of like scarcity and have to do it right now. And mm-hmm. we're going to miss out and all these things. And, and yeah, it's, it's not always as straightforward. Sometimes you do get those ones that are just like, ah, yes, finally. And usually it's something that you've been kind of marinating in for a long time, mm-hmm. but most of the time when it's something new, it's like a little bit more subtle. It's like it kind of it appears there. And then you, you're like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then it comes again. You're like, okay, that's more interesting. And then you can't stop thinking about it. And maybe you get kind of like a download or a flash of inspiration that's related to that. And that's also another misconception I would say is that sometimes we do respond to things inside of us, but as long as they don't kind of come from trying to set up a certain equation with like a certain outcome is the way that I look at it. So what would be an example of that? So once in a while, I'll just get kind of like a, an inspiration or a burst or a ping or whatever people might want to call it. And then I feel something in my gut like, Ooh, Oh, that's exciting. Like, okay. And it's like, well, where did that come from? I mean, I don't know it, it, the universe, whatever your yeah. guides, yourself, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that to me tends to be a response like a, a mm-hmm. true response because I felt it in my body. Like, Ooh, I have energy for that. And maybe that there isn't like an obvious next step. And then I kind of set it aside. And then the next step appears later. Um, but I would say the other, like the way that is not really responding would be like, Oh, I have a desire to make money. So I'm, this is, Oh, this person made money like this. So I'm going to do this. And then you kind of trace it back. So then I'll take these steps because I'm looking for this outcome. So that's kind of the difference between those things is yeah. you're not really that feeling like any response in your mind. Exactly. It, you're not feeling that response in your body. You're not feeling that energy. It's like a calculation with yep. an end goal in mind. And we're not really end goal people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So interesting. And I think that goes to this idea of like, how do we then as generators kind of have that trust in the in-between of our desires, because sometimes there can be, and like you said at the beginning, it is a slow process. And I feel that very much. It's like the long journey, it's a slow process and manifestations can sometimes happen instantly, sometimes, you know, take time, but there is these moments of being a generator and you have this desire to have all this energy to do things, but some, the way I can describe it is sometimes I feel like I want to be a manifester and make things happen 
because it's coming from my mind because I don't have the immediate things to respond to in the moment. So how do we develop maybe that trust or that surrender process when it comes to, okay, I'm just going to be okay with like not having these, like all of these things to respond to all the time. And, and, you know, because we're, we are kind of coming out and and deconditioning in that way to really show people that there's like another way of being. Yeah, that's, it's a common problem that I think all generators go through. And for me, the antidote to that feeling of like, oh my God, where is that thing to respond to Mm -hmm. is usually rooting down into the present moment and seeing that there's likely a lot of other things going on that you have responded to or that are there for you to respond to. It's just the mind will tell you that it's looking for one specific thing. It's so indirect the way that we operate. So for instance, recently I was working on a project and I think I was thinking like, oh, I want, like, I need, I, I want a response to finish that. But really the universe was, or life or whatever was saying, actually, maybe you should spend time going to the gym and lifting weights because you're actually responding to that right now. And then in my head, I'm like, oh. if I do that, I'm going to die. But it's, but that's actually not true because going and doing that was what was giving me the energy and putting me in the correct place mm. to then have this response and clarity on this next thing. So it's so hard. I mean, they say that generators are the most conditioned. We have the hardest time getting out of that conditioning. The mind holds on so tight because it doesn't see how all of these unrelated things add up to the, the desire or the end point that you want to get to. Because mm. for us, that end point is 100% just in those daily moment-to-moment experiences and presence and habits. And that it's like we kind of just magically live our way into the thing that we wanted, but it's so hard to let go of that. And I would also say that like contemporary manifestation teachings or whatever, sometimes get you too focused on the thing like that you're trying to manifest. Right. Instead of the moment to moment. And would you say that that's kind of why you're so um, excited to focus on generators? Because I know you're a generator, but I love your offering and your everything that you're creating with a through line and a specificity to generators. Because like you were saying, like it's almost like this is the category that really needs that assistance. Is that kind of why or part of the reason or was it just like a natural evolution because you just loved it? Yeah. I mean, I think like, honestly, I don't know that I could talk about other types not being them. I think maybe that's like the one three in me. Like I just am in myself and I don't really, Yeah, I mean, I, I am aware, I, I am aware of other types and I've learned a lot about it and yeah, but I don't, I didn't, don't feel that I could ever speak as an authority on that. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my reasoning yeah. for, for focusing on generators. Cause I remember when I realized, oh, you know, sacral beings are like 70% of the population. That's really, uh, 
that's handy because I'm going to have a lot of audience. Yeah. Like I only want to talk about this. I already did. And then when I saw that it was most of us, I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I can get away with just focusing on this. So that was kind of my actual like personal motivation for it. But yeah, now as I've done it, I understand why, because there is a need for it. There wasn't really, I wasn't seeing anything out there that was uh, like serving or answering those questions that I had when I found out I was a generator and just those questions that like, these were not new questions. I was already answering, asking myself these questions. And I was at that very low point of, I mean, generators do not like to leave their career or burn out. Like we don't know like that. It's like hold a on for dear life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because this is what I'm noticing right now. And I don't know if it's because eclipse season is coming up or like, something is shifting in the cosmos. Um, but I've had, I do costume designing as well and it, it stems from my styling and it's almost like there's something in me that really needs that like total satisfaction. And I've been kind of not present in it or abandoning it and it's showing up in my life as, as teachers. So I had three costume designs give design jobs given to me in the last like two months and they've all been taken away for various different reasons and it was this wild it's been this wild example for me because there's been this relief in my body after hearing that I for whatever reason they chose someone else or you know something happened the project's not going through whatever it was And there was this relief in me. And then my mind was like, wait, but you need the money. Like, what do you, why are you relieved? Like there's this guilt that comes in as a generator. And it's not to say that I'll never do costume design again, but it's like, now I'm in this zone and I don't know like how I arrived here or anything like that, but it's like, it has to feel super, super good and really I guess aligned. And I'm, I'm in this like moment of really having to trust the universe and it's super, super, super scary. Have you ever had experiences like that where the universe is like actually like (laughs) showing you physically like, Nope, you're not allowed to do that. Oh yeah. Many, many times. And I feel like that was really what I went through when I, when I left my job and I was fully in that like void space or whatever you want to call it. Like I really didn't know what I was going to do next. Yeah. And even actually, I mean, even in my business, it happens like things that were really energizing for a long time suddenly won't be anymore. And then it's like, Oh, well, that was kind of a big part of my income. What am I doing now? And I think, yeah, it's just with practice because with time you start seeing you're your mind likes to see examples of how things turned out okay and how you're safe. So it's like, you kind of have to take those leaps, but I always tell people that when you can get away with it, you can just take the like smaller ones and then kind of build up. Like our nervous system has to like -hmm. build up its capacity to do that as well. It's not just sort of throwing ourselves out there will often cause us to like go back kind of regress into even like deeper safety. So it's just like, there's just no way around it. I think we all have to go through that. And over time, I think we just see the pattern. It's like, oh, well it was fine last time. So I'll like, 
there's nothing I can do about it. But I think most people, and I definitely go through this, like really intense, like internal deaths around that. And Mm -hmm. like, just really like fighting it tooth and nail real like fr- i mean it, it's frustration really is what it is that intense frustration of just feeling like why how do i get out of this forcing it like that i mean i don't know if there's people who can can go through this and get really good at living with their strategy without doing that, then I applaud them because that is not me. I feel like I have really like grappled with that many times. I was going to ask you, how do you do it? (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, we don't show everything that happens to us on the internet for sure. And I I mean, for me, I have to get a little perspective on these things before I share about them because I just don't understand them in the present. But oh yeah, I mean, all the time extreme some periods of really extreme frustration it is getting better I haven't had one of those in quite a while now yeah but yeah at the beginning it was like constant so yeah and it's really just kind of sifting and sorting and understanding what your true desires are and I think the more that I kind of get present with understanding what it means to have a sacral response and be a generator is like every moment, like be so present and just be like, what do I want to do right now? And then next, what do I want to do right now? And it's those little moment to moment responses that then eventually, if you can build up that trust muscle, like lead you to something that you've been desiring that is like, oh, wow. Okay. That makes sense why I, you know, was excited to go here. It's almost like we have as a generator, our future selves kind of like moment to moment showing us where to go Mm -hmm. through our sacral, but then we really need to trust it because our mind, and especially me as a a Gemini wants to be like, nope, we got to figure it out. We got to figure it out with the mind. And it's been this whole process over the last couple months, I would say for me of like figuring it out or like allowing my body to show me as opposed to my mind which is, yeah. So, and I think it's so different for everybody because not only do we have these uh, main profiles, but, or what are they called? What's, what would be the authorities, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we also have so many other things. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get into a little bit about the profiles. (laughs) Yeah. How do the profiles work in conjunction with our authority? Um, also, I'm a five. I'm a five one. Mm-hmm. It feels really crazy to be a five. I don't know yeah. if you know fives. Oh, yeah. It it makes so much sense because I've had so much projection at me throughout my whole life and I never understood why. And yeah. then when I started to learn about the five, I was like, oh, oh, okay. It's not always my fault. Like it mm-hmm. was just this like total relief in my body to be like people are projecting their ideas and maybe you can get into a little bit better of a description but yeah let's start with like the profiles how they kind of work within within your authorities and then I'd love to hear about the five (laughs) yeah yeah I I mean it's interesting because well profile is one of my favorite parts of human design. I think it's one of the most underrated, one of the most helpful yeah. because it is it is one of the few aspects of human design that really is about your personality in a way. So it's something that the mind I think can really 
understand and lean into, and it can really help you get out of some of that mind chatter because it's like, oh, it's just my, my profile. Like your mind's like, oh yeah, I totally recognize that as being part of my experience. Whereas some of the other stuff, the mind's like, oh no, I don't want to like listen to the, what your body, your gut. Like, I don't, I don't hear that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in human design is described kind of as the role you play. I would say that's accurate. Um, we are made up of these, these six lines, really their human design is sort of based in these six, everything is in these six lines. Mm. I'm going like really, really deep down into different things in the system. And so uh, each of these six lines kind of plays a really important part in humanity's existence and survival and society. And each of us have two of these energies that are more prevalent in us. We have the other ones too, because, you know, when you look at your chart, it has like all the planets um, and all of your activations, and then it'll say a dot and then a number one through six next to it. And so we have these other energy, like for instance, I'm a one three, but I actually have a lot of fives in other places in my chart. And so oh, sometimes I'll, I'll feel things like that or understand that feeling, but the main two are kind of the, the ones that are associated with our personality the most. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all functions. Like as a collective, I always talk about the collective energy because actually I have a lot of like collective circuitry in my chart. Some people might have tribal, so they're thinking more about like the people around them. Some people mm. might have individual, they're thinking about themselves, but yeah, it's, I think for me as when I think about my profile, I think it's really helpful in figuring out, especially for generators, we really want to find that work that is meaningful for us. And sometimes we'll feel our way into kind of the right area or field or arena. And this is kind of what happened to me at my job. When I, in those earlier years, I was working very correctly with my one, three profile. Mm. Then I switched into a role that I think didn't work so well with my one, three profile, or I was being pushed to not do it in a way that was in alignment with my one, three profile. So even though I was doing the exact same work within the same company with the same people in the same field, it just felt completely incorrect. So it's kind of like the first step is that response to like, oh, I'm excited about this idea, but then you have to figure out how to actually apply yourself and your energy in a way that's in alignment with you. Cause you could Ooh. end up doing it completely in a way that does, doesn't feel good. So I think that's what profile is really helpful for. Oh, so it's like how you do the thing mm -hmm. comes yeah. forward. And sometimes it can feel not in alignment because it's not part of your profile. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, when you're creating um, a new offering for pure generators, yeah, how does your one three profile assist you in the creation of it? Yeah, I would say this is something that I'm still. It's like the mind is so persistent in like telling us that things that are like the, yeah. the easiest and most effortless for us are not valid for some reason. So it's like my mind will tell me, oh, you should do this, you should do that. But really when it comes down to it, as for my one, three profile, the way that I like to do human design is I learn and then I share that in a very practical way through the things that I've experienced. So I research mm. it and then I try it. I observe other people trying it. I share it. So 
really doubling down on that and just doing that in terms of create really the things that feel good to me are just like creating content, writing, uh, creating these guides. Like those are all the things that have been the most satisfying, the most lucrative, the things that people respond to the best because they can feel that my energy is like fully in it. So Mm, it just kind of over time. Yeah. Like just trial and error kind of seeing what actually allowed me to get in that like research mode and then experiment mode. So that's kind of how I, and then I, I still have to remind myself that like when I'm thinking I'll get an, uh, excited about an idea, but then it's always like, Ooh, but how do I actually apply that? How do I actually package it in this like third dimensional reality? Cause that's what we all still have to do. It's like, we can get these crazy, like energy inspirations or feelings, but we still have to kind of like bring it down to earth. So I look at my profile expertise. for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does a five one <laughs> do mm-hmm. it when they're a generator? Yeah. I mean, a fives, the sort of the other side of that negative or, so, you know, the projections can be positive or negative. It's usually yeah. the negative ones that you're going to remember. And totally. I think a lot of healing does go on for, for five lines when they find out that's what they are in human design. Cause they're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> this isn't me. <laughs> um, but one of the best ways to deal with that is to kind of play with it. It's like, because you're not mm. fully seen, mm-hmm. there's something free about that as well. It's like you can kind of bec- shape shift and become whatever role you want to play. And ooh, so yeah. a lot of my human design friends who are fifth lines, like they'll, what they try to implement in their lives or what they tell people is like sort of create a character for yourself. It's almost, you know, sort of like a, like a, like a Beyonce type, you know, it's like Beyonce on stage is probably not Beyonce in her real life. It's like, you're creating this, um, this character that you show up as, and that sort of shields you from having the true you, like, I guess not like attacked, but just projected on by people. Like, affected by people. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Something just (laughs) came to me when you were talking about this because I'm also an actor and I've been pursuing acting for a really long time. So that makes so much sense with my five, but I could feel that I've been dipping into these other areas that feel like, um, easier or safer to do because of this kind of, you know, belief of not being able to actually become an actress and like, you know, it, it, it is a difficult field and especially around my programming, my upbringing, and all these things, but you talking about what it means to actually be a, a fifth line. I mean, that would be the perfect job for a fifth line because it of really being able to do all these different characters. So that made me feel really seen and acknowledged. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of just choose, like choose someone that you want to show up as. And depending on how, how your chart is, you know, that may be more consistent or less consistent. It may be different every day. It may be the same, but, Mm -hmm. and I think, yeah, I have your chart here. You have a lot of activity in your identity center. So maybe, you know, creating like a, there may be like a certain character that you kind of want to naturally go into most of the time. 
Yeah. But yeah, just like creating that, it kind of, yeah, it's, it's really just, it's like taking kind of what people are throwing at you and taking control of it. It's like your way to take like ownership of that and responsibility for it and just sort of, but not responsibility for what they're putting at you. It's like you take it and you're like, Oh, Mm. put it back at you. You know, like you kind of like shape it into what you want and then throw it back at the people. So yeah, it's a powerful profile. And I also find fifth line for like five ones in particular, depending on the type generators come across to me a bit more soft just because of the aura that we have. I feel this much more with like manifestors or projectors who just have auras that like affect people more. Um, but I can often pick them out a mile away because there can be like a little bit of like a sharpness or an intensity that if Mm. you don't know that they are a five one, it can be really easy to feel like, Ooh, I'm prickled by that because sometimes, uh, well, it's natural for a five one to kind of come in with a, with a strong opinion or like a, a take that's not always an accepted take on something. Oh, so yeah, yeah that feels <laughs> very accurate. It's almost like understanding concepts that you're kind of observing and, and especially like, I love research cause I have the one line. So I love looking into things. I love just understanding things and diving really deep into different rabbit holes or like different texts Um, give me all the esoteric books. Like I will just devour them. And, and then it's kind of like you can understand concepts in a way that can be a little bit confronting for other people. Mm -hmm. And because it may be something that they're not used to, or, you know, and the way that you present or what you share may not be fully accepted Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, and that's why I've really loved diving in more and understanding more about this profile line because for so long I was like, it just felt like people just didn't get you. There's this misunderstanding mm-hmm. piece and yeah. there's nothing, it feels really awful to feel misunderstood and having to explain why you desire certain things or having to explain yourself all the time. Um so yeah, I really, I really love everything that you're sharing. And it's just, I want to, I want to like take this five profile though and be empowered by it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And find ways to be like, okay, how can I use this to my advantage? Like how can I embody this in a way that's the positive aspects of that? And like you were saying, like, you can present things to people and I think it can be a very good guide for others or like, and the way that I see it happening in my life is like taking unique concepts and creating art out of it and presenting it to people, whether it be acting or or films or all that kind of stuff, or even my design and then letting them have their experience with it. Yeah. And not having to be like, I don't care what you think of it, but like, (laughs) that's your experience now. I did the thing. Exactly. And the other thing that I think people forget maybe about fifth lines is there is that natural desire to want to help to like Mm. problem solve. And there, there's something really like innocent and beautiful about that. It's just that you, 
have to do it only when you truly feel energized or called to that, because it can be, it can probably be pretty easy. I would imagine I'm not a fifth line to just always want to jump in because you probably can solve it most of the time, but it's probably a really bad feeling to put that kind of energy there and then have people reject you or misunderstand you or project something onto you because you're like, wait, but I just helped. Like I just totally, (laughs) I also see it like when I don't feel that kind of response to something, but I, I'm like becoming that manifester. I always try to be the manifester. I find Mm -hmm. it falls on deaf ears. Like it's like, Mm -hmm. then I'm like, Oh, I just did all this work and like, no one cares. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Um, what are some of the other things? Cause I know, I mean, profiles are just so fascinating and you have an amazing resource on your website, which I'll link in the profile of, or yeah. of this podcast of basically outlining everyone's profiles. Like you can just mm-hmm. do this, get this download and it's like so incredible, which is so handy for people to have. But what are some of the other things that people should look out for um, when it comes to discovering their human design profile and their whole chart, that would be maybe really beneficial to know. Cause there's so much I know, Yeah, <laughs> but what's one thing that you're like, Oh, this could be really good for people to, after they dive into their authority and after they dive into their profiles, this is kind of like the next evolution because I got in my chart read, but it was so almost overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say I'm like looking over at your chart. Yeah. It's like, what does my chart say? (laughs) I mean, I would say there's a lot, there's a lot of things that you like, I feel like gates and channels and all of that really aren't that necessary. We don't ever Mm. really need to know that stuff. I would say go back to, instead of taking the chart as gospel and trying to live from it, instead leave the chart to the side and allow life to kind of put these questions. Like if you have a, a, a question about something that's kind of popping up over and over again, like, oh wow, I can't figure out why I'm this way or why this keeps happening to me. Then it's good to go to the chart with that question, you know, with the help of someone maybe who can, who knows more about it or figuring it out yourself. If you got a one line or you want to research. Yeah. But that's kind of how I approach it. And then it kind of over time, you just not like life is kind of guiding you to the parts that you need to know about. But I think after like your strategy and authority and profile. I mean, I really think environment is incredibly important. Environment. Oh, this can is what be I was going to ask find. you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I nailed to, it. Oh, you really did. It can be hard to find information on this. There's more now. I would really recommend. There really isn't much. I, I, I read your blog in order to understand mm-hmm. more of the environments and I love the energy of places. I think it's very, very essential. Um, I love astrocartography. Like I feel different when I'm in different places. I can manifest differently when I'm in different places. When I'm in a basement, I feel awful. And Mm -hmm. like, cause I'm a a mountain person. I don't, there's two kinds of mountain people. I don't know which one I am. Um, But yeah, you can speak on the environments. I just got really excited. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I would recommend if anybody wants more info on this, Vanessa Henry, VanessaHenry.com. She's one of my collaborators in a lot of different things. Um, she has made some really good 
resources and content on that. She has these things right now called keepsakes where you can download. It's kind of similar to my profile guide, but for environment. So check her out. But yeah, environment, what all of us, like this group of people that I've connected with since I started doing this, and it's been cool because we've seen like three years of each other's experiments and it's unfolding you know, for us in front of our eyes, a lot of us have really come to the realization that environment is really important. And it's kind of like, there's so much about human design. And this is something that I feel like this year in particular, I'm really working to sort of combat is that there's so much about human design. That's only about like the depth of maybe you'd want to go if you're going to become a chart reader or a teacher, or there's like a, there can be a gatekeeping around certain Mm. things just because Mm -hmm. the materials that are out there do require a lot of knowledge to fully understand and actually implement correctly. But what I'm trying to do is take those materials and like bring them down into understandable like ways of looking at your life, like things that you can really apply day to day that are still correct. They're not incorrect. It just takes some, it really just, I one three it, like just some research mm-hmm. and experimentation, research and experimentation to figure out if these things are actually real because otherwise you can read that stuff and then misunderstand it and then apply it incorrectly and then it's not helping you and or whatever. So yeah, I think until now, environment has kind of lived in that area of like, oh, that's too, it's too advanced for, you know, someone who's just trying to live their design and like they don't include it in any books. So, you know, it's just, it's not out there. Yeah. Um, But I actually don't, I don't think it, I don't think it has to be that advanced. It's actually quite simple once you understand the basics of what your environment is. And it's, it's not that hard to implement So yeah, like for instance, I'm a kitchen's environment. There are these two types of each one. It really just has to do with whether you've got um, like a left or right variable, which are those four arrows that you see, which really, if you want to think about it simply, um, if you've got a right facing arrow, like a, a passive one, it just really means that your environment will relax you. If you've got a left facing one, it will energize you. So that's kind of how you'll know you're in the right environment. Um, that's such a good distinction to know. mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, my environment is wet kitchens, wet kitchens is the left facing, like it energizes me. There's dry kitchens, which is the right facing, which is relaxing you. And a kitchen is really just where a lot of energies are meeting. There's sort of like production, creativity. Like if you think about the kitchen, it's like mixing of ingredients, heat, like hot and cold is a big part of it. So a kitchen for me can be my neighborhood, a city that is like a coffee shop, like sitting on the sidewalk at a coffee shop is like Yes, prime, very much a kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> yes, prime. Actually, the gym is an amazing kitchen if you think about it. Oh, like yeah. I lift weights. There's all the it's like literally just it's like a muscle factory. <laughs> like it's so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's like it's a scene, like a kitchen's a scene. So those are just really simple, simple things that once I understood, sort of like, oh, it's a scene, it's like a hot spot, it's cool. There's like kind of these keywords. 
then I start, I can be like, oh yeah, that's definitely a kitchen. And then it's really as simple as like, oh, okay. My energy is just feeling like off. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm not feeling in flow. I make sure to go out and get myself in that kitchen. And the mind can't understand why, but it's like all of a sudden everything just kind of starts to come back into focus and like everything kind of wears back into place because your body is just reacting to that environment that feels really correct for it. So it's kind of releasing stuff that is taken on. Um, it's just like, everything's connecting better. So yeah, just with like a few simple details, you can kind of figure out like, okay. That's so interesting. Do you think our environment then can kind of either open or maybe let us understand our responses more? Like if we go to our environment, it's like, oh, some responses or like something is happening in my body now. And I can, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. When you're not in your correct environment, number one, it's really hard to feed yourself properly. Like in terms of anything like feed with information, with any kind of nourishment, food or intellectual or whatever. But uh, yeah, it can also be really hard to feel your responses if you're kind of consistently in that wrong environment. Like anyone who is maybe shores or mountains and lives in a basement, that's going to be just very, very difficult. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not so much that like tomorrow you have to get out of the basement, but it's like good to kind of start to plant that seed of like, I'm going to get out of the basement because there's just yeah. certain things that you can't get around. <laughs> like you totally, that what kind of mountain am I? So you are mountains passive. So you have that, uh, like indirect or right facing variable. So you're going to know mountains is really about getting out of the chaos, getting away from it all, sort of depriving yourself of oxygen in whatever way that looks like for you. There's many ways to do that. Um, like getting, like you're looking down at all of us in the market and the kitchen and the Valley and, Mm. um, and just being able to kind of see the bigger picture. So yeah, it's, it's about perspective, but it's also just like getting away. So that can Mm. be the second, second, uh, floor of your house. It can be like a taller building. Literally you just want to be on the high ground. So you could also be in a really flat place, but if you can find the highest point on that place, that also works. So you don't have to be in a literal mountain. Even though I love mountains. (laughs) Yeah. Most people do who are mountain people. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was in the city. Uh, I mean, I'm just outside of the city now. I I always say like, I'm from Toronto because that's what people know of, but I'm yeah. outside of the city because the city, I was there for eight years and I could feel, and this is before I knew human design or anything. I left because I was like, doesn't feel right here. Mm-hmm. I need to be in spaciousness. And I think that's why I love the desert so much, maybe because it's the high desert and you're in a higher altitude. Yeah. So much space and it just feels so peaceful. And like, that's where I want to spend all my time. That's where I get the downloads. Like that's where, so I'm now in this process of like, okay, where is this place that I want to move to? So that's a consistent thing for me. And, and so far I'm just like, just outside of the city. So it feels really good. It feels so much better. Um, but I want to take that to the next level. And yeah, it's, it's just interesting that I'm the passive one. So that means that that's where it feels calm and like more nourishing, I guess. 
yeah, your body will feel relaxed and like, you'll still be energized in the sense of like, you're a generator, you're going to respond to things, but yeah, you'll just feel kind of that piece. I, as someone who has like the, the left facing one, I don't really know what it's like to feel calm in the environment. So Mm -hmm. it's for me, it's still a theoretical thing, but that's kind of how people describe it. It's like, you just feel sort of like at peace, calm, like receptive, very, because you have a lot of those right facing variables. You have three that are right and one that's left. So it's kind of like a less focused energy, like just very open to receiving things. Yeah. Mm, That's so good. Okay. So I want to touch upon manifesting um, Mm -hmm. and kind of what is your process of manifesting? I think manifesting is changing the way we understand manifesting is changing um, in this kind of new age, the Aquarian age, if you want to call it that. Um, And yeah, what is it like for you to manifest as a generator? Yeah, I think we're all beginning to understand that there is not just one way to manifest and it's not just about law of attraction type things, which is how people have understood it over the past 50 years or or whatever, it goes a little deeper than that. And I think a lot of times with the law of attraction stuff, it's, it's very much part of it in a way, but it doesn't really get to the actual, like, how do I move my body through the world Mm -hmm. every day? Because that's actually a really important part. It's not just like your mind. So yeah, I think that human design can be really key in helping actually figure out like, wait, but like, what do I do today to manifest that in my life? Yeah. So this is a topic I'm thinking about a lot lately. I am finishing up my first batch of this new offering of like personal manifestation guides for people. So I'm kind of doing my one, three thing of looking through the aspects of, I've been doing these readings for people like recorded readings for like two, two years So kind of taking a lot of that and um, putting it in written form. But yeah, just seeing like what parts of our chart are really helpful in that, um, how to implement it like specifically in the manifestation process. So like I'll look at um, obviously your type and your authority and your, and I only do these for manifesting generators and generators and your profile. Um, but then also like some aspects of your centers, if you have certain things, some channels, um, and environment, uh, definitely. So yeah, those are kind of the things that I think are really all the kind of all the things we've talked about here Mm -hmm. are the, the relevant ones. But like for me, if we were to think about mine and, and then I'll do yours actually too. A little exciting. <laughs> yeah. Like if I were to think about mine, it would be, I'd be thinking about, um, no, I would say like num- number one is always going to be your, your sacred response. So like, that's going to be your guide. So number one, get clear on the desire in a way that works for you. Some people it's like, you'll want to be more clear, more specific. Some people less specific. So we cover that. And then you kind of you own that desire, kind of set it aside, like we talked about before, because we can't like high laser focus on it. Yeah. And then you sort of begin that process of just really trusting like every moment where your energy wants to go. So that's really like the the core of it. 
but then getting yourself in the right environment every day. Um, some people will have like, for instance, you have two channels that I do highlight on those guides. So, um, you have channel 214, which is like it's channel of the beat. So really doubling down on like your own direction is going to be really important for you. So, um, like you'll, through your responses, you'll see yourself kind of wanting to like maybe go in directions that are different from the people around you, or you don't understand why, but like understanding that that's okay to do that. So really like knowing about these things just kind of helps the mind let go of any stuff that's keeping us from where our sacral and emotional authority, if we have it, wants to take us. And then the other one uh, that you have that I'll talk about is the 4323, the, um, I guess like, yeah, on on these charts, they call it structuring, but everyone calls it the freak to genius channel. So Mm. like really allowing yourself to like the throat is our manifestation center. So I also cover that in the guides. So that one goes from your ajna to your throat. So anytime you've got something going straight to your throat, that's going to be a really important part of your manifestation process. So like really allowing yourself to say those weird things that you're thinking and put those like strange ideas out there. Cause when you've got that, both that like channel of the beat and that freak to genius channel, there's just like, if you don't like allow yourself to be your weird self and go toward the things you want to, like that will sort of dampen your like manifestation ability. So yeah, that's kind of the stuff we cover. Oh, so good. I feel like Um, that resonates so much where it's like, I mean, I think that's why I love having a podcast because it's like a actual way for me to vocalize anything that is coming through in a really tangible way of like putting it out to the ether. Um, But yeah, it's this understanding that even within my desires when it comes to film, I have such a unique thing that I want to create. And it's, I think I just have to do what you were just saying of just like practicing the saying it out loud and practicing owning it. And I think that's a big part of like what maybe in the past couple months or even years falling away mm-hmm. to, it almost was like the universe is like, no, you got to get back to like what you actually want to do. Like, mm-hmm. and not worry about like, where the financial stability is going to come through and to recognize that it'll come through when you're doing the thing that may be weird. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's so hard yeah, to do it's so sometimes. Hard. I don't know why it just is for generators. It's just yeah. so hard. Cause sometimes I'm like, okay, cool. But like, what if I just like, I don't know, like sell some vintage clothes on the side just so I can like make some money. And it's like, no, get back to your writing and get back (laughs) to the thing. But I'm like, but how does that make me money? And it's like, you're not supposed to know the how. No, but it does. It's like, it does. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I started my business with a blog. It's been, I know you're such an amazing example. I'm it's been the most important part of my entire business. And still, for like six months, I just wouldn't write on my blog because I would be like, that's not important. Like that doesn't help my business. It's like, that's crazy. It like, <laughs> like, it, yeah. cause I don't know. It's our, our mind just has this way of being like, oh, well that's easy. Like that feels natural. Can't do that. That's not safe. That won't make you money. It's like, <sighs> <laughs> totally. And it's like, 
I think you're such a great example in everything that you're creating to show people that even when you're, I don't know, I don't even want to say like niche, but that's the way that I can describe it niching to this specific thing, which is actually so expansive in something that is actually super universal because of how many generators there are out there. You've created it in your, the way that you respond to your sacral, the way that you know your profile in it almost like a, and I know it's not necessarily effortless every single day, but you really like nailed it. And it's so empowering and inspiring to see someone doing that and just showing up and really being in so much joy with what they're creating and showing other people that, Hey, you can make a living off of this. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is like the future. And I think this is a perfect segue (laughs) to get into the new paradigm because is it true that in 2027, we're like shifting into this new paradigm of being with human design? Yeah, that's kind of where human design puts it. I would say, you know, like 2012 was an important marker for like the Mayan calendar. A lot of different things put it at 2012. Mm -hmm. Human design kind of puts it at 2027. I mean, we'll kind of, we'll have to see what happens because human design sort of prophesizes that uh, like children, beings with more centers start coming in that then. To be honest, I'm still kind of, I'm just recently sort of getting into the 2027 thing, beginning to really do a deep dive on it. But I, we're in it right now. We've been in it for a while. It feels like we're in it. (laughs) We're in it. We're in, we're fully into the transition. That's why the world is crazy. I think COVID was a big part of that as well. sort of like a new chapter to that. Um, But there have been little blips of this, even all throughout the 20th century as well, like especially the later 20th century. So we're, we're in it. Um, It's not going to probably be over in our lifetimes. Uh, Like, it's going to take a few hundred years to, to make this transition. Sometimes I wonder like, why did I come right now? Like, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to live that long. Like maybe I won't get to see it happen. But like, totally. And it's like, <laughs> and why did we come right at the beginning of it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we all like, I really feel that everyone who's here right now has like a piece of this mission, whether we want to, whether that's an empowering way to think about it for you or not. For me, it is. I like that concept. But it's like a, there's like a deeper purpose to all this stuff, to, to being, I mean, transitioning from this world of like our minds basically being indoctrinated with these ideas of how we should use our time and energy to like freeing ourselves in these, you know, in really not that long. Like these are just a few years. That's like such a blip in the cosmos. That's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. And it feels terrible sometimes because it's like, you're really trapped between two worlds. Like you know that this thing is possible, but there's still part of you that's like living in this old thing. And I think that's a pretty universal experience. Like we're all, there's just, there's no way around that right now. So we just kind of have to like dance with it and make the best of it. And every, every time we like free ourselves a little bit more, that is like a really important part of what humanity is doing right now. And yeah, yeah, because we're we're freeing ourselves to then be examples to other people that they can do it too. Like, and yeah. I keep going back to this idea of like, how do I want to to go about my day? Like, what feels good? And that's what's so exciting about just being a generator is that you really are here to be excited about life. And 
so much of our conditioning is like, nope, you got to work hard and then you die. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, no enjoyment. Um, And if you're not working hard enough, then you're not doing it right or whatever that is. And we're really here to say, well, why can't it be enjoyable? Like I enjoy working hard when it's something I'm like, so like when I'm on set, it's like, I love being there and I can be there for 20 hours. I don't care, you know? And I think that's really where we're at. And when you were saying about being in the two worlds, because there still is that other world that's operating in that other perspective. Mm -hmm. But the more we can say, okay, I'm going to dance with this new way of being and just be unapologetically like excited about and to create things in a way that is feels good to me, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. So and not yeah. only that, but it's, I think it maybe in the last 50 years or so, there was this concept that living that way was like this frivolous or escapist or yes. privileged thing. And I mean, there's certain amounts of privilege to it, but I actually feel that it's the, it's kind of like the survival of humanity relies on it. <laughs> like it's not like, we're not going to make it if we don't start differentiating and living as our unique totally. selves. Ugh. We're kind of destroying a lot of stuff. We're not creating the best things or haven't historically living from this other perspective. So yeah, it's really important that people <laughs> like embrace that. It's like very important to our that. survival. <laughs> I love that you just mentioned that because that is so true. It is really important to individuate and be excited about something because then you're more inclined and you want to work in harmony with the planet. You don't want to be destroying certain things and mm-hmm. um, you want to be offering things to people in a really wholehearted way. Like you want to be creating things from true passion that then naturally will bring abundance, you know, because nature is abundant. There is abundance everywhere. Um, and we're really leaning into this time of like, when you are operating your true essence, you're not only like helping the planet and other people, but yourself, which is so crucial for our environment. So I love that you just pointed that out. That's so beautiful. Is there anything, um, to like close out this episode, anything that's like currently, you're really intrigued with, with your one line that's like super cosmic or something that is showing up to you. That's like, Ooh, this is like a new area to kind of like dive into or anything you want to share. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause I feel like I kind of go between like really cosmic periods and really like earthy periods. I would Me say too. I'm more in like an earthy period right now. So like Actually, my obsession has been like weightlifting, which is so weird. I've never been interested Whoa. in that in my life, but I've gotten really obsessed with it the last couple months and it's just become this really huge, important part of my life. And not to say I'm like an expert on that or anything, but I'm like figuring out how to do it for myself. And I think it is, I don't think it's actually separate from all of that cosmic mission. It's like, I, it's really important for me to learn to be in a body that feels good to be mm. in a strong body, like to be connected to my body. And then actually, if I look at my human design chart, like my 
incarnation cross, my like conscious son is gate 46, which is love of the body, sensual. Like, so it's like these things start to unfold and you can understand why they are kind of part of like your purpose. But really I just got led to that through a bunch of sacred responses in a really indirect way where I was like, why do all I want to do all day is watch YouTube activewear reviews. Why would I be wanting to do that? Like I am going to die and have no money. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But in the end, it it led me to being like, oh, I want to put some cute leggings on and go to the gym. And then I think going to the gym has led me to like manifest all these other great things in my life because I'm in a proper environment. Mm. And then I, my energy is clear and I'm creating things and like using my energy properly. So it's so indirect in that way. But I think my, like my constant deep dive that'll never go away is just like, what does it mean to be a cosmic soul in a human body? And these are all just like facets of that. And that's so amazing. I love that. (laughs) I love that example because it basically sums up everything that we talked about. Like you have like something is like, you know, really like desiring you to go, oh, I want to like put on some leggings and then it leads to this and that. And then you're like, oh, this is why, like we're really being guided every moment. (laughs) And it's this exciting process. Like right now I'm really into interior design and like wanting to design things and my North node is Taurus. Of course I want to be, you know, and, um, wanting to have a home, like all of these things that are about design. But I think the beautiful thing that you just pointed out is like doing the little movements forward that then result in a bigger thing. So instead of being like, I need a house now and totally redesign it Mm -hmm. of like, Ooh, maybe I can design this little thing in my backyard first or like, you know, like take the, whatever is the inspiring thing in the moment that then leads to the next and the next and the next. And I think that's the journey of the the generator, which can be really fun and to have fun in that process. What is your North node? I'm Aries North node actually. So yeah. So the weightlifting actually makes a lot of sense with Aries. Okay, what does an Aries North Node mean? Aries North Node, Aries is just like, so like Libra South Node was how I felt like I lived most of my life up until around the age of 26 or 27, which is when Mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of start that like Saturn return shift, which was just like very oriented toward others being in the background. Like I was always teaching children or like assisting people or like working as a project manager. It's like, you're very much like, it's, you're part of this like vast ecosystem. And there's part of that, that was very comfortable for me because that's my South note, of course. Um, just like wanting agreement, wanting like, yeah, codependency, a lot of that as well. Mm. So Aries North note is about like choosing your own path, going at it boldly, kind of like intense, like just like almost a little bit, um, like just going off of like what you feel in that moment and not really thinking about the repercussions of that. And so because I'm a Libra South node, I'm never going to be like super out of balance. Like I'm always going to have that Libra side of me. So it, it's just more about like balancing that. So yeah, for me, it's like this leaving those structures, leaving it like being an entrepreneur, um, 
weightlifting, being just like more bold in my creativity Mm -hmm. and being like individualized, like being really focusing on like, I feel like I'm in a very individual focused lifetime where some people are here to be more focused on the other because they've already lived that individual lifetime. So we're all just kind of like here to, yeah, like being selfish in a way. Like I think some of the ways that I approach my life would be viewed as selfish to some people, but because I'm a Libra South node, I'll never really be selfish, you know? Mm. So it's like, you can kind of like lean into, uh, yeah. There's just so much to know. Oh my gosh. I'm a Scorpio South node and a Taurus North node and yeah, (laughs) but it's Scorpio (laughs) South South node is always there. It's that Mm -hmm. like intrigue of this kind of thinning of the veil that caused all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the Taurus is like, how do I get into my body? How do I be around beautiful things? How do I, Mm -hmm. you know, um, build your little like empire and like your nest. Yes. Yes. And like have that foundation. And that's a huge transition I've been doing Mm -hmm. this past year. And yeah, it's really it's a wild, it's wild. It's so cool to learn all these things. Um, so where can people find you and all of your amazing offerings? Yeah, you can find me at puregenerators.com or at puregenerators on Instagram. Kind of everything is there. Um, lots of, lots of blog entries on my site, free downloads, all those types of things. And yeah, this year I'm really just focusing on making tons of content, lots of writing Mm. and talking and all these things. So you can find it there. Yeah. It's so good. There's so many good things on there. Well, thank you so thank much you. for, yeah. Thank you for this uplifting generator conversation Super and, generator, <laughs> and for being so open about your generator experiences that are so universal to all of us. So, oh, yes, yes, they are. Oh, thank you so much. 